This is Binghamton Now on News Radio 1290, WNBF Binghamton, and WNBF.com. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. This is News Radio 1290, WNBF News. Mostly sunny today, high near 20. Partly cloudy tonight, low around 14. Mostly cloudy Thursday, chance of light snow with a high near 26. Broome County District Attorney Paul Battisti held a press conference yesterday to announce the guilty plea of Raji L. Majni on a fatal hit-and-run case that occurred in Johnson City in 2023. According to the DA's office, the plea was entered on January 11th in Broome County Court where Al Majni pleaded guilty to manslaughter in the second degree, driving while ability impaired by combined influence of drugs and alcohol and attempted assault in the second degree. The incident took place on March 5th of 2023 at the Oakdale Commons where Al Majni struck Elizabeth Atkinson with a motor vehicle and fled the scene. Atkinson succumbed to her injuries. The office of the Broome County District Attorney says Almajni is expected to receive a sentence of 5 to 15 years in a New York State correctional facility, which is the maximum sentence allowed under New York State law. In addition to the hit-and-run case, Almajni also entered a guilty plea for attempted assault in the second degree related to a separate incident on June 27th of 2022. That motor vehicle accident occurred at the corner of Leroy and Chapin Street in the city of Binghamton, resulting in severe injuries to several individuals. El Majni is anticipated to be sentenced to one to three years in a New York State correctional facility for this offense. These sentences for both cases will run consecutively. A New York architect charged in a string of slayings known as the Gilgal Beach Killings has been accused in the death of a fourth woman. Authorities announced Tuesday that Rex Hewerman was charged in the killing of 25-year-old Marine Brainerd Barnes of Norwich, Connecticut. Brainerd Barnes was a mother of two who vanished in 2007, and her remains were found more than three years later along a coastal highway in New York. Hewerman already faces charges in the deaths of three other women. A total of 11 victims were found buried on Jones Beach Island in 2010 and 2011, but investigators say it's unlikely one person killed all of them. Preliminary work is underway to develop a $44 million apartment complex on Court Street in downtown Binghamton. Helio Health of Syracuse acquired the former sheltered workshop property for about $2.2 million in 2022. Kathleen Gaffney-Babb, Helio Health President and CEO, said the project will provide affordable housing for those at 60% of the local median income threshold. The 111 apartments will include 23 studios, 71-bedroom units, and 18 two-bedroom units for small families. Gaffney-Babb said some of those units will be allocated for a Helio case management program for those with a substance abuse disorder, and some will be designated for veterans. Gaffney Babson Helio Health has been working for the past four years to develop this type of project in the Binghamton area. In recent days, workers have started the process of removing furniture and other items that were left in place at the site when the sheltered workshop shut down in 2011. 
New York Governor Kathy Hochul wants to spend $2.4 billion to care for the massive influx of migrants who have overwhelmed New York City's homeless shelters. The migrant spending plan, which would include shelter services, legal assistance and more, came part of a two came as part of a $233 billion budget proposal announced yesterday. The plan kicks off months of negotiations with legislative leaders over the spending proposal. How the governor planned to deal with the uh, migrants has been a looming question ahead of the legislative session. The issue has the potential to damage Democratic congressional candidates this fall, with New York expected to be a battleground for control of the U.S. Senate. Three Pizza Hut restaurant sites in the Binghamton area remain empty years after the last family-style unit in the region closed its doors. The final traditional Pizza Hut operation in the area shut down in early 2020. That restaurant was located on East Main Street in Endicott. That property remains in the market with an asking price of $425,000. An abandoned Pizza Hut building on the Vestal Parkway sits alongside a shuttered Friendly's restaurant. The old Friendly's site reportedly will be home to a new Dairy Queen restaurant. No plans have been announced for the property formerly occupied by Pizza Hut. The two old restaurant properties are owned by the same entity that operates the True by Hilton Hotel just west of the abandoned buildings. A blighted former Pizza Hut site in Owego has been cited by town code enforcement officials. A notice posted on the building ordered the owner, CG Pizza Hut of Mount Cisco, to correct maintenance issues at the site, including cleaning up trash and weeds on the property. Police say two New York City officers have been shot that had been shot as they struggled with a domestic violence suspect who grabbed one officer's gun. The suspect has also been wounded. All of the hospitalized after Tuesday's shooting. It received it revived memories of the killings of two New York City Police Department officers during a domestic disturbance call almost exactly two years earlier. But Police Chief Edward Cabin says the officers who were wounded Tuesday are expected to recover fully. Police say the suspect was shot multiple times and is in critical but stable condition. Police haven't yet released body camera video of the encounter and investigators are still working to determine exactly what happened. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. Bob Joseph. This is Binghamton Now on your Wednesday morning, WNBF. It's a beautiful It's a beautiful morning. Nice day for a walk. Just out there walking. Yes, indeed. 
607-772-1290 is the WNBF number. So if you are inclined to uh, talk about local issues, state issues, national issues, or even global issues, you are invited. We are here for you. That's what we do every weekday morning from 9 to noon right here on WNBF, the Binghamton Now program. Developing story now, breaking news in Endwell, a reported house fire, and this is closing down a section of Country Club Road. The house that is uh, on fire now is on Country Club Road just east of Hoover Avenue. So that section of Country Club Road, basically avoid Country Club Road at the um, far east section. So let's say from Watson Boulevard to... Groveland Avenue. Basically, I would avoid the entire eastern stretch of Country Club Road in Endwell from uh, Watson Boulevard to Hooper Road because there are fire vehicles, EMS vehicles, law enforcement uh, responding. Many are already at the scene, but it is uh, a multiple alarm house fire that is uh, causing some problems there. It's actually um, very close to the Binghamton Country Club. So based on the preliminary information, the fire is in a house on Country Club Road near Robinson Hill Road, near the southern portion, the southern end of Robinson Hill Road. So it's just a little bit southwest of Binghamton Country Club. So stay away from that area. It's 913 WNBF. Caller number one, congratulations, Bob from Vestal. You are the winner. What do I get? A kick in the you-know-what? No, I'm not going to go that far. But hey, uh, but I will give you, I will give you one minute of airtime. What's on your mind this morning? That lady that called yesterday about the cable company, you talk about a right-on call. I go there and pay my bill every month because I'm retired. So I'll go right to the source and pay my bills. I don't mail anything. So I go up there, wait in line, get up there, and then they act like they're doing you a favor. And there's a kiosk there that I used to just put my money in and get my slip and walk out the door. Oh, that's not up. Why not? So they never fix the kiosk, so you have to stand there for like 45 minutes sometimes to pay your bill when it takes about two minutes to pay your bill. These people with uh, returning equipment, they get talking to the people behind there, and they seem to talk to the same person for like 15, 20 minutes. I don't know what they're talking about. It is frustrating. That lady was so right. And they've got to get some customer service at that place. That's the worst. Well, I just can't believe they don't have a, like a window, like a separate window just for payments. They used to have the other one for a while. That's what I thought. The one on Plaza Drive, I thought they had a window. So, so if you just had a relatively quick transaction, basically like, here's your money, honey. No, you can't say that. Here's your money, cable company. And just give me a receipt, and I'm on my way. I mean, most of those transactions could be accomplished, I think, in about a minute. That's Whereas right. equipment returns, thing. equipment returns are more complicated. They have four or five stations there. There's one person at one station, 
instead of that, all those filled up and people, yes, you're next, come up here. You stand there and stand there. What? Come on. This is crazy. I but mean, you're telling me that the – see, I've never been to this location at Town Square Mall, so I, I'm i at a um, – Disadvantage because I don't even know anything about the layout. I mean, I know where it is at Town Square Mall. I've just never ventured in. So tell me, when you go in, when you go into the, I, do they still call it a cable store? Is that what it is? Uh, it's a beautiful place. Okay. It's roomy. You walk yeah. in, you have to put who you are in the computer, right. and then you're up on a board like a TV. Right. You walk up, there's couches there, you can sit right. there. Do they, and complimentary coffee, complimentary coffee in no, Danish? No. No, it's, it shows your name up there, say if you're seven, your name is there, and if, if, they just got to move fast. They put your name up on the board, it says Bob from Vestal? They should. No, it's just your first name and oh. your initial or whatever. Oh, okay. I mean, well, I thought they, way? because I thought, because of HIP, I was worried that they're putting your full name, you know, Bob Smith. For example, I don't care. well, I'm just, no, I'm, most people don't care, but what if somebody is on the run? They're trying to no, hide out. Oh. Okay, now, can I tell you another quick story? Sure. Okay, yesterday afternoon, I go down to the library. It's closed. I go to Endicott. It's closed. I go up to Round Top, the gates across the road. I go over to Griffin Park, go for a walk down by the river, watch the pieces of ice floating down, the snow in the over by the Vestal Rail Trail. You can see the snow over in the woods. What people really should get out and enjoy life. But that made me mad. A couple inches of snow and this whole, the library shut down, the schools closed. I wonder if Otsuningo was closed yesterday. I don't know. But boy, people have gotten wimpy. When I was a kid, I hate to sound like my dad, but I remember the Vestal bus drivers had to put chains on the buses when they had to go up like Pierce Hill. Right. And steep. Well, now these people get off school for a half an inch of snow. It's ridiculous. But that's my, I'm older and I Yeah, I know, but I hear you. I hear you. I, I will say this, parenthetically, I was um, driving by, I was doing some reporting today in the towns of Shenango and Dickinson, and I did drive by the entrance to Otsenango Park at about 8. This shows you how how close I, I cut it to getting to uh, the studio here. At about 8.54, I, wow. uh, <laughs> I was driving by the entrance to Otsuningo Park. And at that point, the park was still closed. The gates were closed, but there was a truck in there. It looked like they were um, going to be salting the roadway. So that suggested to me they were about to open the the park so but as of just before nine o'clock Otsuningo was closed and of course usually I think I think they usually open up right around dawn but uh, I think they were just preparing but yeah to your point you know for example yesterday if I had the chance yesterday for me in fact I almost thought about it on the way into the station I almost drove up to Round Top and you know, you would have seen a, a video of, of of a young man with frozen tears on his face. If I got up to, I'm serious, if I got to the entrance of Round Top and the gate was closed and I couldn't get up there on a beautiful morning, see, Round Top, you know it, Bob, Round Top is beautiful any day of the year, any season, oh, yeah, and, nice and yesterday small. especially, but so, oh, anyway... Uh, 
I've been out shoveling already. I mean, tell these people that sit and look at their computer, get out and enjoy life. You're I was out, right? and I was out for a little walk. I oh, put up I know a, you do. Yeah, I put up a little video. I was up at 8.30. I won't tell you where it was. People on Twitter know where I was because the video is already there. And as I put on Twitter, 8 degrees and minus 5 wind chill. But you know what? I didn't care because I had my hat on, yeah. and I had a glove on my left hand. My right hand was ungloved because I had to hold the camera for, for two minutes, but then I put my glove back on. Hey, you go outside, you enjoy, and then when we're griping in August when the temperature is 100 degrees and the humidity is 1,000%, we'll look back on January 17th yeah. and say it was beautiful. Anyway, thank I, you, Bob. Okay, yeah, go. You too. It's 919. Bob Joseph, serving America, indoors and outdoors, no matter what the season. This is Binghamton Now. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. Reserve your new Toyota at Galt Toyota. Providing you with the best solutions of your lifetime. The KSO Insurance Weekly Spotlight with Karen Sweet O'Neill on News Radio 1290 WNBF. And this segment is sponsored by KSO Insurance Solutions. Good morning. Good morning, Bob. How are you? Great. I went out for a brisk walk this morning, even though the wind chill was minus five. I didn't let that bother me. Wow. You're either very ambitious or crazy. No, I, as I mentioned. Did you take your dog? No, 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 no. Yeah, I, I, I would not take my dogs on a walk on a day like this unless they they had doggy jackets and doggy mittens and stuff like that. Right. I uh, <laughs> no. This was this was uh, in the town of Dickinson, and ah. yeah. So I was almost here at the station. And I thought, oh, this is it's so beautiful this morning. It's so the skies are brilliant blue and the sun, mm-hmm. and I thought. Well, this will be nice. There's a place I wanted to check anyway for a, a news story that I've been planning to do. So I decided to do that and uh, put a little video up on Twitter at Binghamton Now. Nice. Yeah. And so it really, I'm looking at the at the video now. It's, it's beautiful. And if you didn't know, if you just stopped the video, it'd say, oh, well, there's a little bit of snow, but it must be about 30 degrees. No, it's... Air temperature's eight degrees and the wind chill's minus five, but that's what I do. You know, it's uh, and again, as I mentioned to our first caller, it's important mm-hmm. to dress appropriately. If you go out on a day like this, you can enjoy it, but do as I did: wear a hat, wear some gloves, and uh, layers. You know what? That's the secret. Layer up, layers, baby. You got it. Layer up. Yep, that's the secret to winter. Winter mm-hmm. enjoyment in the Northeast. Anyway, it's a good ski day because it's just a crisp, ah, oh, crisp day with the sun and everything. Yeah. yeah. Well, and again, if you're going skiing, if you're going to Greek Peak or wherever, make sure you're dressed appropriately. I and, think most skiers know that. Well, most, yes. You Makes know. me wish it. It's 
a day like this, it makes me wish that I knew how to ski. Most of the time, <laughs> I, I'm just as happy not knowing how to ski. But on uh -huh. a day like this, where blue skies and sunshine and just uh, a little bit of fresh snow, I really wish I was a skier. But as they say, it's too late now. No, it's never too late. That's what they say, Bob. Oh, okay. Can you imagine? Yeah. Maybe that would be a fun story. The next time we have a little bit of snow, maybe I can mm -hmm. go up and, and find a ski instructor and see if she'll teach me how to ski. I like how you said she. <laughs> You're very <laughs> observant. Hey, you know what? It's worth a, it's worth a try. I was going to say, well. <laughs> it all counts. Well, bottom line, bottom uh -huh. line, you know, we could work trying to uh, see if I can learn how to ski for about four hours and... You know, after the four-hour initial lesson, if I'm not making progress, we can go into the ski lodge and discuss. Listen to you. You're, you're, hey, you're planning a date. <laughs> <laughs> I you like know, it. At first, it started out as a potential news story, and now I don't, I don't know that it's actually going to be for news purposes. It could uh -huh, be, see? it could be a, a weekend adventure. Oh, mm. I like it. Cue the violins. Anyway, that's not why you <laughs> called. You called to provide useful information to our listeners. That's right. But you know what? I always like a good, I always like a good love story. Mm. A lot of people call me Doctor Love because I've done a lot of fix-ups. Doctor Love. Doctor Love. Hey, there's nothing better. <laughs> that's true. You know, that's yeah. true, especially in the winter. Yeah. Get and plus, Valentine's Day is coming up. I think Valentine's oh, Day will be in four weeks. So. I think uh -huh. I I think we have all the ingredients of a WNBF miniseries. Oh, I think I think you're working right <laughs> up to that. No doubt about it, Bob. It's it's a reality show with no script. Uh huh. The best kind. As they say a dollar in a dream. Anyway, advice. We mm, need advice. Advice. So let's talk about loved ones. Okay, that's basically who buys insurance. People that want to support their families. And make sure that they're taken care of or their spouse, well, part of your family, in the event that you're no longer here. And so, you know, the thing is there's a lot of different types of insurances. And sometimes, Bob, people just think, I can't buy life insurance. It's just too expensive. You know, we've got three kids. We have a mortgage. We have car payments. We have, you know, all these different debts and uh, obligations that we have to attend to. And the thing is, is that... But what happens if you're no longer here? Those debts and obligations, kind of hard for me to say this morning, um, are still going to be there. So you want to make sure that your family is well taken care of. And it isn't that expensive as a general rule. So I thought, you know what, let's, let's give some figures to people. And a lot of times, you know, you'll see on TV, oh, there was Bob and he had a half a million dollar life insurance policy for the next 20 years and the premium doesn't change and the death benefit doesn't go down and it costs him $18 a month. Now, is that an absolute, is that an absolute, you know what, with a lot of companies it is. And basically it depends on your health and usually when you're in your late 20s, early 30s, even mid 40s at some point, you're in pretty good shape. You know, your age, because the younger you are, the lower your premium. And then, of course, the amount of face amount that you want to get. So 
in that scenario, it's, you know, call, select a quote, and they'll do it right over the phone and, and all of that, and certainly something that you can look, look into. However, the way that it really works with all life insurance companies is that you can just meet one-on-one with a broker, and if they're a broker, like we are, and we can just shop it with all the companies that are out there. And that's how you get your lowest rate with the best company. Now, so term insurance, that's really what is beneficial for younger people that have a family and, you know, they're working and they, like I said, they have those obligations that will still be there if they aren't. And, you know, it's, uh, let's say you have a 20-year term policy. What does that basically mean? That means that the insurance company has agreed to approve you for a policy with a premium that will not go up for the next 20 years. Sometimes people say, well, what if I don't want it, you know, after 10 years? Well, it's not the contract that you have to be beholden to. It's the insurance company. So let's say after 10 years you say, you know what, I don't need this anymore for whatever reason, and you want to get rid of it, you can certainly cancel it. There is no penalty. The basic concept of a 20-year term, 15-year term, 10-year term is that the insurance company is on the hook for that premium that cannot go up. And as you age and your life events change, Bob, your insurance coverages generally tend to change. You know, whether you want to look at um, a whole life insurance policy with a lower death benefit because your uh, obligations have been paid off, you have no mortgage any longer, you don't have, you know, a big debt load, and that might be something that might be advantageous for a lot of people. Certainly long-term care insurance because now after the kids are grown and gone and on their own, I don't know, Bob, if that ever occurs, but if it does, then you have to look at obviously protecting your retirement and protecting yourselves you know, in the event that you come into an accident or an illness that would require you to use services, even on a temporary basis for nursing home, home care, or assisted living. And then, of course, final expense insurance, and that's when you're in your higher age groups, maybe in your 70s, early 80s, and you say, you know what, I just want some final expense so my family can utilize that coverage to pay for services and whatever your other wishes are. It's capped at 25000 but your premium also is capped. So no matter what your premium is, it never goes up, and you can't be turned down for that type of insurance because it's a guaranteed issue. So depending, of course, there's a lot of different insurances along the way with life events, and uh, we just don't have time to go through all of those on the show, but that's what you need to look at. You know, it's not just, I'll just get this insurance and that's all I'm going to have for the rest of my life because your life changes, obligations change, and you want to make sure that everything that you put in place now is going to work for you the same way, you know, in the later years. And also, always, always, always make sure your beneficiary designations are still the way you want them to be. We can't emphasize that enough. We are at... 1708 Vestal Parkway East, up above Plato's Closet and Style Encore. We're one level. You drive right up to us. You can make an appointment several ways. You can simply give us a call at 607-772-4898. You can also Google us at KSO Insurance. 
And all our contact information comes up, including our website. Or if you missed the phone number, just go to a phone book or Google the phone book. And all our contact information, again, comes up. We have a big display ad under insurance in the yellow pages. Good news and good information. Yeah, well, it's really, really, really important. It is. Absolutely. So, Bob, you enjoy the rest of your day. I will. By the way, it's now minus 13. It's not even windy. Yeah, but it's minus 13 Celsius. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I got you going there for a second. Ah, uh, you know, you usually do. Which is 8 degrees uh-huh. Fahrenheit. Ah. So, there. That, that, so, there. As far as, as far as the Kelvin, I won't get into that because nobody... Oh, thank you. Even thank Kelvin you. doesn't like Kelvin. <laughs> but Celsius, I love Celsius, you know... Someday, someday we're going to get to the bottom of uh, the controversy, why America won't go along with the rest of the world and switch over to the metric system. So the 333 million Americans would be in sync with the 7.7 billion other people on the planet. You know what? I like it the way it is, so I'm one of those that won't go along with it. All right, all right. That's that's why you know I know I, I know that's okay uh-huh. that's okay yeah. I've I've resigned myself to the fact that this country can never except isn't this interesting though Karen except hmm. for Coke you remember they switched the the uh, bottles of Coke from sixty four ounces to two liters and nobody complained and you know why imagine because it's three ounces more in the bottle that's why people didn't complain otherwise they would have said it was part of some sort of plot to make make us march in lockstep with the rest of the world. But, you know, you go to the store, it's uh, a one-liter bottle or two liters, and nobody cares. But if they ever started selling gas by the liter, oh, you know, talk about wild in the streets. Right, because it would be difficult to understand it. But the funny thing is, if they sold it by the liter... And I'm just taking a stab at it because I, I don't know the actual conversion right now. But then they could put on all the gas station signs something like a dollar seventy one per liter, and people would think, ah, I know who did that. And it'd be like, yeah, the American Metric Bureau. But uh, because the gas would feel cheaper if they were selling it by the liter, even though knowing the oil companies, they would probably still jack up the price during the transition. But that's. Just a feeling. Yeah, it would be a, it'd be another opportunity for <laughs> it. Would. That's why. Okay. That's why I'm surprised. <laughs> actually, I'm surprised Big Oil isn't lobbying for that change. Big Oil was like, <laughs> "Oh, please, Congress, let's switch gasoline over to the metric system starting in 2025." And that way, during the transition period, you know, when people are still trying to figure out the conversion, we can actually tack on another 25 percent to the price because people will be so confused, and that way. We could boost our profits for uh, at least a couple of quarters in 2025. I'm surprised that they don't push for that. Well, you never know, Bob. You give a lot of people a lot of different ideas. I was going to say, they're listening saying, ah, we never thought of that. Thanks, Bob. <laughs> Thanks. Well, then ultimately I get blamed. Anyway, Karen Sweet O'Neill, always a pleasure. <laughs> Absolutely. Same. Bob, have a great rest of the week. <laughs> you too. Bye-bye. All right, thanks.
Perfect. A, a previous segment was sponsored by KSO Insurance Solutions. 936 WNBF Live. Bob Joseph taking calls 607-772-1290. Who will be next on WNBF? Stay tuned and find out. WNBF. Gary from the West Side. Good morning. You're on the air. Good morning, Bob. Hey, uh, Ron had asked yesterday about your last book read, and uh, I forgot to mention it yesterday when I called in, but uh, mine is Atomic Habits by James Clear. It's kind of like a self-help book and stuff. Uh, I didn't buy it. My girlfriend bought it for me, so that kind of tells you something. But, uh, you know, it's a it's a pretty good book, and but I was wondering, like yesterday, why I was so happy because the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles got smashed, just got blown out of their football games. You know, I mean, I don't like to uh, be happy about people's misgivings, but I don't know. It's like the Cowboys and the Eagles. They, you know, I guess I somehow I, but. Uh, just throw that out the window and kind of to find happiness in their sorrow. But well, that's just me. I'm a giant me, fan. You let, know. Well, okay, here's here's the thing. And if you listen to the radio much, if you've listened over the recent weeks or recent years, you know, I'll, I'll say stuff about sports and occasionally I'll say something. Oh, New England, aren't they a bunch of cheaters? Or the Houston Baseball Club, aren't they a bunch of cheaters or whatever? Or say something about some professional sports team. And it's all in good fun because personally, and I know I'm in the minority, I don't care. I, I, I mean, I'm glad for Bills fans, this is the truth. I am glad for the Bills fans that the team won Monday afternoon. I'm happy about that. I happened to see the end of the game, and I was in a place, in an establishment, where people were watching, and they were happy. So because Bills fans are happy, I'm happy. But did it make me happy that one team lost? Did I celebrate their defeat on, on Monday in Buffalo? No. It, you know, I, I want... And that's why I'm in the minority, even when I talk about Red Sox. Mmm, I love the Red Sox. And, mmm, I'm not a big Yankees fan anymore, and so on and so forth. Eh, you know, I could take it or leave it. I, I personally, this is the truth. Say if in the 2024 season the Yankees win all their games and the Red Sox lose all their games, I'm not going to be unhappy. I, I would like it to be the other way around. I'm not invested. I, I, I view 
uh, sports, baseball, football, hockey, basketball, is something, eh, it's a diversion. You know, I'd, I'd rather be watching, say, a, a sports live sports event than a so-called reality show on TV. At least sports is truly unscripted. And, you know, as far as... As far as who wins and loses, I just want people to do their best. I, I, oh, wait a minute, Bob. Hold on a second. So you mean to tell me that when the Red Sox beat the Mets in the World Series, you aren't happy? Oh, oh yeah, wait a minute. I didn't that say didn't that. that well, didn't no, happen. you're right. Didn't it happen. didn't happen. I'm sorry, I'm but sorry. say, say <laughs> in the highly unlikely event it did happen, yeah, I'd be happy that, and I'm using air quotes now, my team, my team, such as it is, prevailed, say, over the Mets or whatever. Yeah. But but would I would I be happy that necessarily the Mets lost? No, I'd just be happy that the team that for whatever reason I have designated at the moment to be my team, the baseball team that if I were to root for one, that's the one I'd like to see to win. But you know, if the Yank or if the Mets win all their games, or Yankees or Cubbies or even Houston, in the end. In the end, whatever happens in the upcoming baseball season, same with the Super Bowl. Say if the Bills go all the way and finally at long last win a Super Bowl, the one reason I'll be happy is because the long-suffering Bills fans will have something to be happy about on that Monday morning. So I agree. I'd like to see the Lions and the Bills in a Super Bowl because yeah. neither one have won. But, you know, I want to make a comment about what Bob from Vestal said the other day about uh, – you know, how he doesn't have a phone, he don't really use the computer that much. And, you know, like a few years ago, I, I would I thought to myself, well, geez, why don't you want that stuff? Because, you know, you can get uh, information at your fingertips and all of this. But you know what? I, I agree with Bob now. You know, I've just seen so many people, parents, you know, with their kids, they're not, they're just not paying attention to their kids anymore because they're always on their phones or their iPads or whatever it is. And, you know, I think he's got a point there about just not being connected to what's going on around us. You know, and I agree with him, like getting outside is the, is the way to go. If you're ever depressed or down and out. That's right. And I, healing. Nature's healing. Absolutely. And even though I was actually out for my little walking adventure for, I don't know, it was probably less than 15 minutes, probably closer to 10 minutes. It was not a long walk, but it was uh, enough to get out and uh, take some pictures and video of uh, what I wanted to. And just that, say, 10 minutes or so out in the fresh air on this sunny morning with uh, the air temperature 8 degrees, hey, it lifted my spirits. It, it yeah, made me I... made me happier than I was when I left the house. Awesome. And you know what, Bob? I bet you, you felt alive. Yes. You felt alive because that cold, that, you know, just, just something about it's, it. It was, it, yes, it was brisk, but it was invigorating. Right. Good word. Yes. That's, that's exactly I when I was thinking, when I, when I was heading back to the car, I thought, this is really invigorating. This is something I ought to do every morning. And to be fair... Most mornings I am out and about. Yes, I drive around and I always say I'm on patrol, whether I'm going to or from work, you know, trying almost like a police officer on patrol, looking for things that are different or out of the ordinary, because sometimes that leads to an interesting story. And I always 
am happy. If I see something that looks like a potential story that prompts me to stop, get out of the car, and walk around or talk with people, even if it doesn't turn out to be a story, I still view it as as time well spent. And I'm, I'm yeah. I always look forward to it. Even, I mean, whether it's on a January day like today or even last June, remember the first week of June, I still enjoyed going around uh, out to Binghamton's east side up uh, at the end of Robinson Street t- trying to get pictures of the uh, smoke from Canada. And I didn't enjoy breathing the smoke except I enjoyed I was alive to experience it with something in my lifetime, for decades, I'd never experienced before. And I certainly wasn't happy that for a few days we had smoke-filled air, and yet we were experiencing it. didn't kill me. And then after that, I went up high atop Mount Prospect above Route 17 and 81 to get just the right shot of downtown Binghamton from up near the power lines. You know, luckily I didn't fall onto Front Street because that would have been a bigger story for the TV stations, you know. And who would have uh, covered it, right? Nobody... You know, <laughs> that's the thing. But Jim Emke would. Jim Emke. <laughs> Jim Emke. You know, the top story on, on News Channel 34. Uh, radio, goofy radio host Bob Joseph takes a tumble on Front Street and ends up... He's unheard. He landed uh, on his head. Or, or yes, landed <laughs> on his head or landed mysteriously on the back of a mattress truck. You know, you never know. You never know. Anyway, appreciate hey, Bob, your just, call. Just, re- just, real, just real quickly, you know, it, with the cold weather, you know, Norway has a great saying, right? If you, if you want to get outside, right, it's... It's not that the weather is bad, it's that your clothing is bad. If you have good clothing, you can put up with anything. And I'll let you get on with your commercials. Thanks, Gary. It's 948. It's true. Important messages are coming up next, and then more phone calls on the Wednesday program here on WNBF. WNBF with Binghamton now. Back to the phones. Ron on the west side. Good morning. Good morning, Bob. Say, uh, may I uh, supply to the program this morning a what I would call a medical or biological fact of uh, some importance? I see no reason why you can't. Okay. Actually, your conversation with Gary made me think of this, and uh, it was about uh, what you said about getting out into the sunshine, and uh, you you both uh, remarked about how positive that is. You know, uh, I have uh, mentioned the fact uh, in in calls way way back uh, that I have dealt with uh, depression uh, in my in my life. Uh, clinical depression. And 
One of the things you learn uh, in taking steps to deal with it is to set your biological clock. Uh, sleep is very important. Getting the right amount of sleep, going to bed at a good time, getting up at the same time every day is very important. And uh, getting out into this the morning sun and getting uh, the rays. I, I'm not talking about staring into the sun. I'm talking about getting out there. But on a day like today, really easy, getting out there and simply uh, being out for a while when it's sunny early in the morning uh, resets that biological clock, gets you back into a cycle that's important if you're dealing with uh, depressive symptoms. And some people in this time of the year, they're not clinically depressed, but they have what's called SAD, seasonal affective disorder. And, uh, you know, the, the, the days are short. You're spending a lot of time inside. Uh, you're getting kind of down, uh, down feeling. Uh, one of one of the important things to do is to get out there in the morning and get into the sunshine for uh, five, ten minutes. And uh, importantly, also when you get out there, like today, I was out at Rec Park a while ago. Wow, was it cold? I was walking my dog, and um, I have to take my sunglasses off. I have the polarized lenses. It doesn't work if you wear the polarized lenses. You need you need to be in the natural light, getting into your head, getting into your brain. So that's just uh, something that I was reminded of with your conversation with Gary. I will say that I was out with uh, my dog about 8.35. I went to Rec Park and um, uh, dealing with a temperature of 7 degrees minus 6 uh, wind chill. And as I'm walking my little guy, uh, he started limping. You know, they have salt out there, of course, on the paws of the dog. And he's getting into the snow and then in, uh, getting the, the salt in there. I had to pick him up and massage his paws, put him back down. So, But he and I got out this morning and got the sunshine. So uh, truly, though, uh, if you're feeling low, if you're feeling depressed or you're having that seasonal down feeling uh, importantly get get out in the sun and if it's not a sunny day there's still sun out there of course it's blocked by well, a good advice hey we have the news coming up i appreciate the advice hope you have a good day good advice no matter what the weather if you can it's 956 wnbf right now this is news radio 1290 am wnbf binghamton now on 92.1 fm w221 ej binghamton a town square where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF News. Mostly sunny today, high near 20. Partly cloudy tonight, low around 14. Mostly cloudy Thursday, chance of light snow with a high near 26. Broome County District Attorney Paul Battisti held a press conference yesterday to announce the guilty plea of Raji L. Majni on a fatal hit-and-run case that occurred in Johnson City in 2023. According to the DA's office, the plea was entered on January 11th in Broome County Court where L. Majni pleaded guilty to manslaughter in the second degree, driving while ability impaired by combined influence of drugs and alcohol and attempted assault in the second degree. 
The incident took place on March 5th of 2023 at the Oakdale Commons, where Al Majni struck Elizabeth Atkinson with a motor vehicle and fled the scene. Atkinson succumbed to her injuries. The office of the Broome County District Attorney says Al Majni is expected to receive a sentence of 5 to 15 years in a New York State Correctional Facility, which is the maximum sentence allowed under New York State law. In addition to the hit-and-run case, El Majni also entered a guilty plea for attempted assault in the second degree related to a separate incident on June 27th of 2022. That motor vehicle accident occurred at the corner of Leroy and Chapin Street in the city of Binghamton, resulting in severe injuries to several individuals. El Majni is anticipated to be sentenced to one to three years in a New York State correctional facility for this offense. The sentences for both cases will run consecutively. A New York architect charged in a string of slayings known as the Gilgal Beach Killings has been accused in the death of a fourth woman. The authorities announced Tuesday that Rex Hewerman was charged in the killing of 25-year-old Marine Brainerd Barnes of Norwich, Connecticut. Brainerd Barnes was a mother of two who vanished in 2007 and her remains were found more than three years later along a coastal highway in New York. Hewerman already faces charges in the deaths of three other women. A total of 11 victims were found buried on Jones Beach Island in 2010 and 2011, but investigators say it's unlikely one person killed all of them. Preliminary work is underway to develop a $44 million apartment complex on Court Street in downtown Binghamton. Helio Health of Syracuse acquired the former sheltered workshop property for about $2.2 million in 2022. Kathleen Gaffney-Babb, Helio Health president and CEO, said the project will provide affordable housing for those at 60% of the local median income threshold. The 111 apartments will include 23 studios, 71-bedroom units, and 18 two-bedroom units for small families. Gaffney Babb said some of those units will be allocated for a Helio case management program for those with a substance abuse disorder, and some will be designated for veterans. Gaffney Babb said Helio Health has been working for the past four years to develop this type of project in the Binghamton area. In recent days, workers have started the process of removing furniture and other items that were left in place at the site when the sheltered workshop shut down in 2011. New York Governor Kathy Hochul wants to spend $2.4 billion to care for the massive influx of migrants who have overwhelmed New York City's homeless shelters. The migrant spending plan, which would include shelter services, legal assistance and more, came part of a two came as part of a $233 billion budget proposal announced yesterday. The plan kicks off months of negotiations with legislative leaders over the spending proposal. How the governor planned to deal with the uh, migrants has been a looming question ahead of the legislative session. The issue has the potential to damage Democratic congressional candidates this fall, with New York expected to be a battleground for control of the U.S. Senate. Three Pizza Hut restaurant sites in the Binghamton area remain empty years after the last family-style unit in the region closed its doors. The final traditional Pizza Hut operation in the area shut down in early 2020. That restaurant was located on East Main Street in Endicott. 
That property remains in the market with an asking price of $425,000. An abandoned Pizza Hut building on the Vestal Parkway sits alongside a shuttered Friendly's restaurant. The old Friendly's site reportedly will be home to a new Dairy Queen restaurant. No plans have been announced for the property formerly occupied by Pizza Hut. The two old restaurant properties are owned by the same entity that operates the True by Hilton Hotel just west of the abandoned buildings. A blighted former Pizza Hut site in Owego has been cited by town code enforcement officials. A notice posted on the building ordered the owner, CG Pizza Hut of Mount Cisco, to correct maintenance issues at the site, including cleaning up trash and weeds on the property. Police say two New York City officers have been shot that had been shot as they struggled with a domestic violence suspect who grabbed one officer's gun. The suspect has also been wounded. All will be hospitalized after Tuesday's shooting. It received it revived memories of the killings of two New York City Police Department officers during a domestic disturbance call almost exactly two years earlier. But Police Chief Edward Cabin says the officers who were wounded Tuesday are expected to recover fully. Police say the suspect was shot multiple times and is in critical but stable condition. Police haven't yet released body camera video of the encounter and investigators are still working to determine exactly what happened. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. I'm Bob Joseph, Binghamton now moving forward, gaining momentum on a Wednesday morning. 607-772-1290, this is the show that allows virtually anyone on the planet to call in and let us know what they're thinking. Real radio in real time, without a script, on News Radio, WNBF. I know, you're saying... Well, how dare you? How dare you take to the air without a talking point? Who do you think you are? That's a good question. Hi, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Hi, Bob. It's Beverly. Hi. I was up in your neighborhood. Did you see me? Yeah, I waved. No, I heard you. I heard. <laughs> yeah, it was us and there was us in Eagle Park open. No, it was uh, closed when I drove by at about 8.56. It was still closed. It looked like they were putting, applying salt. Probably due to the snow. Yeah, I think they were getting set to open as soon as they salted the roadway. Okay. That gentleman that called about spectrums is absolutely 150% true. You can go in there and... There, there's out. There's only two people there. There's probably about eight people in line, and you're one of them. You go and you sit down, and uh, sometimes you don't get out of there for two hours. Oh come on, you're exaggerating. No, I'm not. They have one person working up there. Well, maybe because people aren't applying for the job. Maybe they need more people, but people just don't want to work. 
Well, but and those kiosks, they never work. You're going to lose your money on those kiosks. Well, maybe it's like a casino. Probably. But at least they have the complimentary beverages, the coffee and the Danish. At least that makes the time go by quickly. They they never uh, they never have enough of carbs. They probably make uh, some of them must make between fifteen and twenty dollars an hour. Uh, well, I have to say, if if they're only getting twenty dollars an hour, they're underpaid. Well, well, like I said, Bob, you can you can you can go up there any time of the day, and there'll be a. There'll be a lot of people in line, and there'll only be one one person. So has it always been this way, or did it used to be better? When it was when they were up on Plaza Drive, it was awesome. They they had they had they had four or five people there at the calendar. But up in Bethel, I guess they're cheap on they're either cheap on wages or they don't want don't want to pay them. Well, my theory is that people just don't want to work there. You know, it seems to me like it must be a tough job because you probably every day are facing people who are griping about something, either griping because their bill is too high or griping because there is a problem with their equipment. And so it's probably a thankless job. Yeah, and and, uh, and I know for... But, but they were more efficient when they were on Plaza Drive. There'd be like four or five of them, some of them more there. You'd be in and out. Yeah. No, I I used to like that one. I, I used to go there all the time just for just for kicks. But uh, I've never been to the one at the Town Square Mall. You know, I mean, they, was, they were nicer up. I mean, the, the place in Vestal is beautiful, you know. Like that guy said, there's places that sit. Well, if you're going to make a steak, give us some coffee and some some refreshments. Maybe they could have some, uh, what do they call them, the, the chicken sandwiches. They could serve some Chick-fil-A's. Well, I take, a don- I take a donut and coffee. Well, I guess that'd be okay. But if they really cared, they would serve us Chick-fil-A's while we were waiting to pay our cable bill. never had one. You never had one? No. no, neither have I. So I can only imagine. But based based on all the uh, all the uh, excitement we hear about Chick Fil A's coming to uh, the mall, seems like it must be good. Yeah, have you ever been to that? Uh, what is it, Panera? Not the one at at the mall. I've been to the one on the Parkway, but I haven't been to the new Panera. Soup. Oh, the soup! I heard they have super soups. Oh, yeah, they got good, they got good soup. Yep. Well, you know what? Once they get all the restaurants open there, then I can, one day when all the restaurants are open down at the mall, I'll, uh, I'll go and have a little something from each. Better watch your diet. (laughs) Yeah, well, too late for that. But you know, the sad thing is about the, uh, about the Chick-fil-A, they're not even going to be open on Sunday. I know, I know, but you know that, you know, Bob. That's I know for a fact that there, you know, that people, that restaurants, there were they a lot of a lot of them in the olden days used to have every Monday off. 
Well, some still do, and I respect that. I think I think Monday in the restaurant industry is usually a slow day. So what I would do if I were running Chick-fil-A, of course, I never will run the Chick-fil-A, but if I were, what I would do, I would be closed on Monday and then be open on Sunday so I could sell uh, chicken sandwiches to those who are in need. See, that's the main thing. I'm more concerned about about the hungry people of America who can't get a chicken sandwich on a Sunday. Yeah, well, you can't force the business to stay open. Oh, I'm not, hey, I'm not forcing. I'm just saying what I would do. I notice, notice there have been no rumblings in the lucrative fast food industry that they're about to appoint me to be in charge. I'm just saying if I was in charge of the company, in Georgia, what I would do is is say, uh, we will, uh, starting on Valentine's Day, we will start uh, being open on Sundays, and instead we'll just be closed on Mondays. And that way, those in need, those who need food, uh, namely chicken sandwiches, will be able to get one on a Sunday. Yeah. Well, There'd be nothing wrong with it. Again, there's nothing wrong with being closed on Sunday. Heck, if they want, they could be closed seven days a week. It, it's their business, and it's not of mine. Right, right. I, they, if they want to be open seven days a week or closed seven days a week, it's none of my business. No, it's a free country. I, how about this? What if they were open just on Thursdays? Well, then people, people would probably still go, Bob. Yeah, but then there'd be tremendous traffic problems. If you could only get your Chick-fil-A on Thursday, even if they were open 24 hours on Thursday, think about the traffic jam. Yeah. I mean, you'd have things tied up on even on Route 17, and even all the way to the uh, traffic circle, the 201 circle. So let's hope that they don't get it in their head that they're only going to be open on Thursdays. Yeah. yeah. Well, I just say, let you know, about right. respect, but that guy is right. All right. Well, I appreciate your uh, sharing your experience. Hope you have a nice day. You too. 1018 WNBF with Bob Joseph. And remember, remember, if you own a business, you run it your way. You have it your way. It's your business, and it's none of mine. If you want to be open only on Sundays... Good for you. If you want to be closed on Sundays, if you want to open for three minutes a day, whatever works for you. Capitalism at its finest in the greatest country ever imagined. Hi, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Um, I'm Alice from Binghamton. Good morning. Welcome to the program. Good morning. I'm, I'm calling because of the lady with the cable. Um... Personal, I went through that whole thing too. Sat there for two hours, and um, the place is packed. They ca- they care more about selling cell phones than they do about people with cable, and that's why the bills going up and stuff. They really don't care about us. But uh, I eventually got a, a lady talked to me there, and she said, "You can there." So now I pay my bill. This is a couple of years already. Now I go to uh, Weiss when I go food shopping, and I pay it there. You can pay it in Walmart. You could pay it anywhere. What about Wegmans? I don't know. I don't know about Wegmans. But any place that has a you know a surface a service window, mm. um, 
they take the bill and they'll pay, you know, you can pay it with them and they give you a receipt and everything and that's it. Because their kiosk thing didn't work for at least a year and a half. So really? So sitting there like an idiot. Yes. I know. Well, why didn't, if it didn't there. work, why didn't they just take it out? I don't know. I kept asking them every time I went. And I said, when are you going to fix this thing? Because it worked for a short period of time and then all of a sudden it stopped. And, uh, well, you just put your money in, you got your receipt, you got your change, and you left. But it was very bad. So, we're, I think they need competition. They would straighten out a little bit if they had competition. Well, There's it'll no never happen. It will never happen. The way the cable industry is, there will never be competition. It's just impossible. Because they have spent, I mean, that spectrum which is a division of Charter Communications. But the companies, their predecessors, whether it was Time Warner or New Channels or Pioneer Cablevision and all those other companies that started cable back in the 70s, they did all the work. Now, Spectrum, they bought the operation. Uh, the system was already built out. I mean, obviously, they do upgrades, and they, they've been upgrading uh, with fiber and so on, but the basic network was in place, so there'll never be competition. Say if, yeah. say if I wanted to start my cable company, Bob's Cable, discount cable and happy service. I couldn't do it because they, they have the advantage. So it, it would take who knows how much money to, uh, lay the groundwork. And even yeah. now you see, uh, some of the companies that are beginning to provide internet competition. Even now, it's very expensive for them, and it's a slow process as they do a build-out. So they're getting some Internet competition, but it's only in certain areas of the Triple Cities at the moment. It's it's very it's very tough. There never will be any cable TV competition. That's that's the reality. And yeah, the, that's a shame. Well, you know, it is what it is. It's not unique to this area, and it's just just like, say, with some other things, like electricity or gas. Nobody is ever going to compete with NYSEG to deliver right, your electricity right. or or your natural gas because the system's in place. So, I mean, they have, you can choose your supplier, but as far as delivery, NYSEG is, is the way for, for people here in, in upstate New York. So, you know, I, I do think that for all utilities that uh, perhaps better Regulation. I want it to be fair. I want it to be fair to the companies because they're providing a necessary service, but I also want it to be fair for consumers. And I just think the regulation um, could be done better for all all these businesses. Yes. I was surprised that I got a phone call when they said there might be power outages. NYSEC actually called on the phone. Well, they have that new system in place, so they are making progress with the technology so yeah you know i, I know mm -hmm. it's 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 always it's always popular i think to criticize and bash utilities whether it's electric and gas companies or phone companies or cable companies they're easy targets but they don't have an easy job either you know and, right, and, and right. people would say well, but they have no competition. Well, that's the way it has to be. I mean, it, in a perfect world, yeah, every every town in America would have four competing cable companies. But it, you can't you can't have you know four 
four cable lines being strung around on every street. It's just that's just the nature. You you need ultimately one company or one entity to provide these basic services. Yes, yes. So I wish yes. what I always do, what I what I say, whether it's the cable company or electric and gas or the people that are responsible for water or anything else, I just want them to keep doing a good job at providing consistent service and right. and also trying to make it affordable. That's the tough thing. I mean, I understand when my, I got my cable bill last week, and I knew it was coming because we had reported it on the news that the rates were going up. So I knew, I knew, I didn't know exactly how much my bill would go up till I, I received the official the official update, I'm looking, I'm going, oh, and then I'm thinking, well, like they said, their costs are also going up, too. So, yeah, you know, I get it. I get it. But anyway. it was weird last month when I got the bill. Just be- <sighs> It said there was this, uh, an extra piece of paper on there. You saved $20 this month. And I looked at my previous bill, $184. It was the same thing. Yeah. So I don't know. Twenty bucks. Don't tell me I'm saving. <laughs> well, <laughs> what can I tell you? You know, they they have a marketing department too, and eh, they're doing the best they can. Yeah. Let, yeah. Let's put it this way. I'm glad I'm hosting a radio program and doing news reporting instead of being in the marketing department for a cable company. Let's let's be yeah. honest. You know, it's. Yeah. But they got to do what they got to do. They're they're marketing their service, and I'm convinced. That they're trying to do the best they can. So, yes. Well, just tell that lady, you know, if she's listening. Just go pay it in in Weiss, and they'll take it right there at the service desk. All right. That's it. She doesn't have to sit around for two hours. All right. Well, then, and then she can stock up on bread and milk because the next storm <laughs> is just around the corner. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> bread and milk. The next storm is coming up. Storm Radio, WNBF. <laughs> more bread, more milk, more often. I'm Bob Joseph. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. We're still saving the Southern Tier money at Galt Toyota. First news Jerry, thank you, Ben. Selling your delicious ice creams by the pint. Nancy Pelosi will see you now. 
1029 WNBF with the official forecast from the National Weather Service. Sunny today, 20. Increasing clouds tonight, 14. Mostly cloudy tomorrow with a chance of light snow. 26 tomorrow. Less than an inch of snow. For Friday, cloudy. Snow showers likely 26. And right now, here in the Parlor City, officially it's 11. That's minus 12 Celsius for those of you who are of the metric persuasion. Kathy Hochul submitted her budget proposal. What do you think about that? (laughs) I'll tell you one thing. And let me punch up a story here that might have some uh, particulars. So I believe... I believe she's including a lot of money for that stadium in Buffalo in this budget. So, eh. I guess we could complain about it, but there's no stopping it. So if they want to, if the people who run New York and Erie County, if they think... (laughs) That these billionaires who live in Florida, who own the NFL team in Buffalo, if they think that they deserve all that public financing for their stadium, I guess, I guess that's the way it has to be. I'm not thinking that's the best use of public money, but, you know, why would you expect billionaires who live in Florida to pay for their own new stadium? Because... They might be sad as they live in Florida and don't pay New York State taxes. At least that's what I've been told. Maybe maybe they actually live in New York and maybe they actually pay New York State taxes. So if they do, they uh, are invited to call in. Either of the owners are invited to call in to, to explain why they think they deserve all this money. Why the public should be spending so much money for their stadium. Back to the phone to go at 10.32. Good morning, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Good morning. This is Sue from Endicott. Regarding, I'm calling regarding the Spectrum Store. Yes, the Spectrum <laughs> Store in Vestal. Yes. When they were still on Plaza Drive, I was told that it was not a, a store to receive payment. It was for equipment only. So then they moved to the Town Square Mall and... The gentleman was correct. They have a kiosk or however you call it for accepting payment, but that hasn't been working for years. They also told me at that store that it was not a collection point for bills. It was only for returned equipment. I made three phone calls to John Shaver, who finally returned my call, and I asked if um, the owners of the property could put in some stairs and a handrail to get from the parking lot to the platform to get into the stores. And he says, oh, what a good idea. Nothing's been done. Um, And the lady that just called, it says you can make payment at the white store is correct. But what she neglected to say was they have a service charge added to your bill for them to accept payment. How much is the service charge? Uh, When I was there, and it's quite a while ago, it was a dollar. So even a postage stamp was cheaper than them processing the payment. I don't know what it is today. So why do people 
not just write out a check and put it in the mail. Well, I think what they want you to do is do the online payment, whatever they call that thing. Well, every company wants you to do that because it's it's simpler and cheaper for them. And also, it's on a timely basis. I I certainly understand if, say, if I put a check in the mail today, January 17th, I wouldn't know if Spectrum is going to get it on January 20th or February 3rd. So, I mean, the mail is definitely not as predictable as it once was. So every company, I mean, whether it's cable or the electric and gas and so on, everybody really prefers that you uh, do pay electronically. And a lot of people do now. That's true, but a lot of people do not have access to the Internet. Plus, the other factor is if there's a an incorrect billing charge, it takes forever and ever to get it corrected. All right. Well, Dad, you mentioned about the old cable store on Plaza Drive. It was, I think, at 483 Plaza Drive. I always liked that store because it was just sitting there by itself, and they had a parking lot that was just there, so you didn't have to, you know, park in some sort of crazy parking lot that might be sinking and dipping and flipping and whatever. I agree. Um, but... And I never paid my cable bill there. The only time I ever went there is if I had to um, turn in equipment or exchange equipment. But, uh, yeah, my experiences there were always good. But I always thought, even though it wasn't something they encouraged, I always thought at that store on Plaza Drive you could make a payment, even if that wasn't something they preferred, that if you did show up there and wanted to pay your bill, that they would take your money. You're correct. They did do that. Okay. But, but then toward the end, before they were closing, it, it was told to me that it was not a payment store. It was only for returned equipment. Right. Well, I can understand that. I mean, it's... If I, I'll just say this. If I ran the cable company, I wouldn't... I wouldn't take payments anywhere. I, I would be either you, you send me your payment by mail or you do it electronically, but we're not going to have people dropping off their payments at my cable store or anywhere else. It's just if you want cable, uh, figure out a way to give us our money. And be, I know people would complain. They'd say, well, Bob, but that's not fair. I want to go to the Bob cable store and make my payment. I'd say, yeah, I know you do. That's just not how we're going to operate anymore because it just is too complicated. So either send in your payment and make sure it's on time or arrange for the automatic billing. And I'm sure the cable company, even if you don't have a computer, you call the cable company and give them your account information, I'm sure they would set it up so they would automatically deduct the amount from your checking or savings account once a month. I'm not saying I would do that because yeah. I, I want some control, but exactly. I'm sure I'm sure they would be glad to do that because that would mean they would always get their money. Right, so. I agree. But like I said, if there's if there's an incorrect charge, it takes forever and a day to get it rectified and get money back in your account. Oh, I know. No, I I fully appreciate that. I'm just saying what I would do if I was a cable company. But right. you, you're lucky I'm not. <laughs> huh. You you think two hundred dollars a month? is bad now with Bob Cable. With Bob Cable, you'd get basic, you'd get 13 channels for $300 a month. 
And then if you wanted to watch um, Home Box Office, that'd be another 60 bucks a month. I mean, people would hate me. It's like, but this Bob Cable, ugh. they'd be like, why can't we go back to Spectrum? Ugh. Well, Spectrum isn't that great anyhow. When you're on a fixed income, you can only yeah. squeeze a dollar so far. I know. I know. I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I'm like you. I, I pay. I pay my spectrum bill and my NYSEG bill, and my water bill, and I just shake my head. My car insurance. I'm, I'm saying, who are these people setting these these rates? How come my car insurance keeps going up and up, and there ha- there hasn't been a claim? Exactly. You know, it's well, like you know what? It almost seems like a conspiracy. It almost seems like they're working together to see to it that at the end of the year we have no money left. Well, they're doing a darn good job, aren't they? Yeah, they're they're winning. Appreciate your call. Take care. Ten thirty-eight. This is Bob Joseph on your side. Yeah, they they must know how much money we have. So at the end of the year, we have about two cents left. Not even enough to buy an atomic fireball. Six zero seven 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 two twelve ninety. More calls coming up. Ninety-two point one FM, twelve ninety AM. Online at wnbf.com. It's 1041 WNBF, meeting and exceeding our Canadian content requirements. <laughs> Dave from Binghamton, good morning, you're on the air. Good morning, Bob. Uh, hearing her talk about unmowed grass, I'm like, yeah, I don't want to mow any right now, so I'm, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, but I was but, just um, looking at my lawnmower last night and, and almost, thinking almost for a minute, gee, I can't wait to, to mow. And then after about uh, one and a half seconds, I, I came to my senses and I said, no, I'm glad I don't have to mow right now. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Good to relax and then only have to shovel, right? So, <laughs> um I was calling because the caller that mentioned her concern about getting up onto the walkways at Town Square. So the Town Square Mall is now about 30 years old, and um, the current owners have been spending a lot of money. Uh, and interesting to see, I forget who did post the video, but they posted a video of them underneath the, the shopping center stabilizing it and doing what they need to do to keep it level. Um, but at the same time, they're also... They've also been remodeling the facade of the whole shopping center, as well as adding both ramps and stairs to where they need to. Where, where so that's that's been complete. So if she returns to the Town Square Mall, the Spectrum Store, or wherever, um, they they do have uh, access for um, both access and functional needs, as well as just general public to be able to get up um, what used to be a very steep. Uh, driving lane next to the next to the walkway, but what I don't like is that they removed uh, the overhang from from pretty much the whole plaza. Um, so now, you know, you can't just stay dry uh, in the summer or you know out of the snow. 
uh, in the winter. They now don't have an overhang over most of the plaza. I think it's mainly because they don't like people loitering. They, uh, yep. I, I think uh, a lot of places, and, and this is just between you and me, my observation is a lot of places when they do uh, renovations or make any changes, they're doing, they're specifically, and they'll never announce it, and they certainly would never confirm it, but just based on what I've seen at various public spots, new steps are being taken to prevent people from sticking around. It's basically like do your business and then get the heck out of here. Have you noticed that? Oh, yeah. And, like, even in New York City, um, the uh, anti-sleep benches, basically, like, they look artful, but then they're not comfortable to lay on. Oh, yeah. So it's it's clear it. what it's clear what, what they're, they're up to. Like, even here in Binghamton, I remember the good old days here across the street from the WNBF Tower, the city had picnic tables and benches and a place and where planters. you could play in planters and you could uh, play chess. And, um, you know, Mayor David apparently made a decision. He didn't want people hanging out there on public property. And so now it just sits there. Uh, public Works came one day. They were given an order, take out all all the amenities. So now it just sits there. And talk about blight, it might not be Pizza Hut-level blight, but it's blight nonetheless. I mean, why, just between you and me, and this is not a complaint, this is a question, Dave. And you live in Binghamton, so you are you would know the answer. Why Why does Binghamton has, have this property? It's been sitting there idle for over a decade, and why won't they put any amenities there? Why can't I, a guy who loves Binghamton... Go out and have my lunch at a picnic table or maybe play chess with my intelligent friends at that little green space. How come they took out all the amenities and now it just sits there? It's like a sore thumb. It's worse than a sore thumb because a sore thumb heals. This will never heal. This is – talk about blight. Yeah, hopefully one day something will be built there that it helps won't. everybody. No, it won't. Actually, it will. <laughs> Actually, I know something. <laughs> it's funny, yeah. and you will hear something about that. <laughs> I, I have to. I have to get my digs in now before I report the next story, because then then it'll be uh, the it'll be rendered essentially a moot point. But but again, it, it still doesn't mean for the last several years after. Wasn't it Rich David who took out the, uh, not him personally, but he must have issued the order to take out the picnic tables, the chessboard, and everything that, that almost made that vacant parcel nice and take it out yeah, of there so, be, so good people like it, you and me can't can't enjoy it. Yep, yep. I mean, it was possibly around, you know, like maybe an ownership change with other plans. No. Um, but no. It, but no, it could well, be. It well, maybe. Be, maybe. They were talking, we know, because we had Mark Yanati on the program many times over the years. Yes, we know he had a plan, ultimately, to build something there, and it didn't come to fruition. But even before that, before that plan was being advanced, the city took the stuff out. The city had, in my, and this is just my personal opinion, and it doesn't reflect the the, the views of the staff and management of uh, Gannett. The, the bottom line is... And this doesn't reflect the views of the staff and management of News Channel 34 either, by the way. But I'm saying, in my personal opinion, they should never have taken that stuff out. Yep, true, because it was probably preemptive, similar to the, removing the stuff that the Washington, uh, in front of Metro Center. Oh, that's another thing. Before. Don't, don't yep. get me, you know, that, that, that <laughs> stuff near the Metro Center. Are you just trying to put, push my buttons? 
Well, I, yeah, I think I need to drive you to a Chick-fil-A to relax. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Dave. <laughs> That's Enjoy. what I need. A Chick-fil-A and a small coffee, please. 1047 WNBF on your side, striving every day to make Binghamton a better and more vibrant place. Real Radio, the way you like it. 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, always available on the WNBF app. Stay connected with us wherever you go. So, looking back through the archives, it was October 2015 when Binghamton Public Works employees ripped out the tables, benches, and garbage cans from the beautiful green space at the corner of Court and State Streets. This is published on WNBF.com. If you have a Google, you could find it yourself. I did. Workers began removing the bolted-down items on the vacant lot on the southeast corner of Court and State Streets at 9 a.m. Wednesday, October 7, 2015. A few guys who had become fond of using the tables and benches yelled at the Public Works employees as they started to do their job. A police officer monitored the scene to prevent any problems. <laughs> well, they did. The grassy park-like parcel had been the source of repeated complaints from some people who work and shop downtown. The cops were frequently called to deal with some problems, including aggressive panhandling, public consumption of alcohol, and drug overdoses. Hey, look, it's the city. What are you going to do? There's going to be panhandling. There will be drinking and drugs. It's the city. So they took out all the benches, all the amenities. So the good people, people like you and me, they can't use the space. So it just sits there in the hearts of the parlor city. What would Rod Serling say? I think Rod Serling would say, come on, man. Put the stuff back. What would George F. Johnson say? What would Thomas J. Watson say? What would Bob Joseph say? They, everybody would say, put the tables and the chessboard and everything else back where it was and add some additional amenities to make good use of that city-owned property. Yes, everybody wants it to be redeveloped. We'd like to see, I don't know, I think I already said once, a 20-story Chick-fil-A sandwich tower, but that ain't going to happen. So in the meantime... Uh, when life hands you lemonade, go make lemons. You've got this space. It's owned by the city. Fix it. It's not going to cost an arm and a leg. It'll cost maybe a left hand. But do it. Fix Do something. Police. Let's see. Oh, I'm reading more from the story. Um, so, yes, workers did. It, this is true. Workers did complain that they witnessed. Eh. We'll just say bad behavior. I know. It's the city. I'm sorry to report to you people in the city, and this is not something that was just invented in the 21st century. This is true all the time in cities, going back to the invention of cities. Sometimes people will behave poorly. 
you can't outlaw bad behavior. You can discourage people. You could tell people who are behaving poorly, hey, don't behave like a former president. Be good. Behave yourself. Anyway, anyway, maybe maybe this spring the city will find a constructive use for that parcel instead of letting it sit for yet another season. You know, what a what a wasted opportunity. I don't know how much it would cost. Don't you have any ARPA money left? Use a little ARPA money and fix that up. I don't know. Put a mural there. Put something. Yeah, a WNBF billboard. Yeah, that's what Don Morgan would suggest. It's 10.56. This is Bob Joseph serving the people of America. Just a microphone and a telephone. 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, streaming at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221EJ Binghamton, a town square media station. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. This is News Radio 1290, WNBF News. Mostly sunny today, high near 20. Partly cloudy tonight, low around 14. Mostly cloudy Thursday, chance of light snow with a high near 26. Broome County District Attorney Paul Battisti held a press conference yesterday to announce the guilty plea of Raji El Majni on a fatal hit-and-run case that occurred in Johnson City in 2023. According to the DA's office, the plea was entered on January 11th in Broome County Court where El Majni pleaded guilty to manslaughter in the second degree, driving while ability impaired by combined influence of drugs and alcohol and attempted assault in the second degree. The incident took place on March 5th of 2023 at the Oakdale Commons, where Al Majni struck Elizabeth Atkinson with a motor vehicle and fled the scene. Atkinson succumbed to her injuries. The office of the Broome County District Attorney says Al Majni is expected to receive a sentence of 5 to 15 years in a New York State Correctional Facility, which is the maximum sentence allowed under New York State law. In addition to the hit-and-run case, El Majni also entered a guilty plea for attempted assault in the second degree related to a separate incident on June 27th of 2022. That motor vehicle accident occurred at the corner of Leroy and Chapin Street in the city of Binghamton, resulting in severe injuries to several individuals. El Majni is anticipated to be sentenced to one to three years in a New York State correctional facility for this offense. These sentences for both cases will run consecutively. A New York architect charged in a string of slayings known as the Gilgal Beach Killings has been accused in the death of a fourth woman. Authorities announced Tuesday that Rex Hewerman was charged in the killing of 25-year-old Marine Brainerd Barnes of Norwich, Connecticut. Brainerd Barnes was a mother of two who vanished in 2007 and her remains were found more than three years later along a coastal highway in New York. Hewerman already faces charges in the deaths of three other women. A total of 11 victims were found buried on Jones Beach Island in 2010 and 2011, but investigators say it's unlikely one person killed all of them. Preliminary work is underway to develop a $44 million apartment complex on Court Street in downtown Binghamton. 
Helio Health of Syracuse acquired the former sheltered workshop property for about $2.2 million in 2022. Kathleen Gaffney-Babb, Helio Health President and CEO, said the project will provide affordable housing for those at 60% of the local median income threshold. The 111 apartments will include 23 studios, 71-bedroom units, and 18 two-bedroom units for small families. Gaffney Babb said some of those units will be allocated for the Helio case management program for those with a substance abuse disorder, and some will be designated for veterans. Gaffney Babb said Helio Health has been working for the past four years to develop this type of project in the Binghamton area. In recent days, workers have started the process of removing furniture and other items that were left in place at the site when the sheltered workshop shut down in 2011. New York Governor Kathy Hochul wants to spend $2.4 billion to care for the massive influx of migrants who have overwhelmed New York City's homeless shelters. The migrant spending plan, which would include shelter services, legal assistance and more, came part of a two came as part of a $233 billion budget proposal announced yesterday. The plan kicks off months of negotiations with legislative leaders over the spending proposal. Uh, the governor planned to deal with the uh, migrants has been a looming question ahead of the legislative session. The issue has the potential to damage Democratic con- congressional candidates this fall, with New York expected to be a battleground for control of the U.S. Senate. Three Pizza Hut restaurant sites in the Binghamton area remain empty years after the last family-style unit in the region closed its doors. The final traditional pizza hut operation in the area shut down in early 2020. That restaurant was located on East Main Street in Endicott. That property remains in the market with an asking price of $425,000. An abandoned pizza hut building on the Vestal Parkway sits alongside a shuttered Friendly's restaurant. The old Friendly site reportedly will be home to a new Dairy Queen restaurant. No plans have been announced for the property formerly occupied by Pizza Hut. The two old restaurant properties are owned by the same entity that operates the True by Hilton Hotel just west of the abandoned buildings. A blighted former Pizza Hut site in Owego has been cited by town code enforcement officials. A notice posted on the building ordered the owner, CG Pizza Hut of Mount Cisco, to correct maintenance issues at the site, including cleaning up trash and weeds on the property. Police say two New York City officers have been shot that had been shot as they struggled with a domestic violence suspect who grabbed one officer's gun. The suspect has also been wounded. All of the hospitalized after Tuesday's shooting. It received, it revived memories of the killings of two New York City Police Department officers during a domestic disturbance call almost exactly two years earlier. But Police Chief Edward Cabin says the officers who were wounded Tuesday are expected to recover fully. Police say the suspect was shot multiple times and is in critical but stable condition. Police haven't yet released body camera video of the encounter and investigators are still working to determine exactly what happened. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF.
Joseph still with you for another big hour of Binghamton Now, 607-772-1290. Call in. Speak your piece here at your radio station. It's live, local. Everyone is welcome to participate. Again, the number is 607-772-1290. It's just that simple. Don't blame me for 10 digits. I didn't do that. I'm old enough to remember when I think phone numbers were four digits. Or was it three digits? Then they went and let everyone have a phone. And now we're up to 10 digits. Probably by 2030, we'll be uh, dialing 15 digits just to make a local call. Because, like they say, we're always running out of numbers. All right, let's uh, take a look here at the email, see what... Okay, (laughs) some of these people. I know, I know, they're PR people, and they have have a job to do, so that's that's what PR people do. Um, Oh, here we go. Tommy from Binghamton, addition by subtraction. Uh, the former mayor believed in a theory of addition by subtraction. His management process for municipal property was almost exclusively focused on projects and practices that were directly beneficial to a range of recipients who are not necessarily what one might call the general public or an ordinary citizen. There are numerous examples of administrative indifference throughout the city, some of which you've already described or named, such as the Metro Center Court, the Micropark at State and Court Streets, the Roundabout, falsely attributed to Mayor Ryan, Confluence Park, been there lately? No, it's been... It's been about eight months since I've been at Confluence Park, as well as municipal parks in general. Take a hard look at the Little League field at Rec Park, and while you're there, look at the professional-grade tennis courts or the micro-skate rink that was constructed twice, or maybe the basketball courts that are so important to a certain demographic subgroup, unlikely to vote for any local Republicans. Oh, wait, they're children. We won't even talk about parking ramps, paint on the road, sidewalks, etc. Defer, defer, defer. Thank you, Tommy. Eh, thank you, Tommy. See, I look at the property that's owned by the city, whether it's here, right outside our beautiful WNBF Tower, I look at that as an opportunity. Yes, in the long run, most people would like to see that space in the heart of the parlor city used for a commercial purpose and make the property highly visible, make it usable again. It was for decades. It was the Drazen store. And there were other businesses there. At one time at this intersection, believe it or not, this intersection right where the beautiful WNBF tower stands, at one point there were three banks. There was a bank on three out of the four corners right here at one time was industrial bank and then i guess they turned it into bankers trust and key bank so anyway where i'm standing here at one point used to be in the lower level of the bank where they kept all their large bills large denomination bills were in the studio sadly when we moved in they had taken all their money with them uh, then on the other corner, 
directly across the street where the Grove restaurant is now that was Chase and then where the vacant property is now, the green, I'll call it a green space. This morning it's a white space on the southeast corner at Court and State that had a bank called Chemical Bank. I don't know what kind of chemicals they were using, but must be they were legal because I never heard of anybody being arrested there. But, you know, now with that property owned by the city, it still is an opportunity. As I say, doesn't have to be anything fancy. In fact, probably the less fancy the better, but you could throw some money at it. Certainly someone, I don't know if it's the mayor, if it's city council, someone over at City Hall has to have an idea for that space. Let's not let it go to waste for another spring, summer, and fall. Right now, I know it's mid-January, they can't do anything about it. But they could, actually. Why can't they have, like, uh, a thing? Organize uh, a thing so kids can make uh, snow people. Or do, you know, winter fun. Yeah, it's not a big space, but uh, like on Saturdays, have the city sponsor a thing where kids could make snow people and they uh, have hot chocolate and uh, chocolate chip cookies. Why couldn't they do that on Saturdays during January and February? Now, do something. Make it useful. Bring people downtown. That's part of the thing, I think, about downtown Binghamton. Not enough is being done to get people to enjoy the downtown experience because I enjoy it every day. I love downtown. But more people should be brought in and use that. Do I'm not saying every Saturday, one or two Saturdays. Do it one Saturday in January and one Saturday in February. And uh, if there's snow, let kids uh, make snow people or something. Or music. Do music. Even though it's cold, get somebody to do some music, play a guitar or something. Call Bob Dillman, see if he wants to play his guitar. Do something. This is an opportunity. Yes, keep looking for future development for that site, but let's put it to use. It's a beautiful location. Let's bring the good people in downtown Binghamton with their kids or grandchildren and enjoy what we have. Hi, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? I'm Bruce, and I'm on the two-way somewhere between Syracuse and uh, Auburn. Uh it's a wonderful thing, these cell phones. Anyway, I was listening to you about the state budget and talking about the Buffalo Bills and saying to myself, we're giving these billionaires billions and billions of dollars to build this stadium, and every once in a while they have this really super-duper ball game that's not on public TV. You have to pay uh, Peacock to be able to watch it. And I said to myself, you know, I think in exchange for all these billions of dollars we're giving them, that uh, we should tell the NFL that they should make the game available to any public, any radio, any TV station in New York State for, uh, without being on pay TV, and uh, uh, just in exchange for all the all the stuff we're giving them, I think we ought to be able to watch it in New York State for free. Yeah, actually, that's a good point. You know, Kathy Hochul, if she is such a great negotiator, she should use her powers of persuasion. And uh, work out a deal with the bigwigs at NFL, as well as the Buffalo Bills billionaire owners, 
to have a thing that everybody, once the new stadium is open with uh, a lot of taxpayer money being dumped, I mean, invested into the project, then as long as they're going to play at that stadium, all of the home games must be viewable on free TV and free radio. And I think we should go further and just say any Bills game should be free. Well, no matter where they play. Oh, you mean all all Bills games should be free over there? I thought you meant you should be able to get into the game. No, you can't get into the game unless you put, pay like a $900 ticket license and then $900 for a, a, a ticket. I No, but yes, even the away games ought to be available on, on free TV and radio. So, uh, anyway, I'll start writing my letters to my, uh, my uh, state legislators and see what we can get. <laughs> okay. Thank you for the idea. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Bye. 1119 WNBF. At least there's one person in New York who's working for the people. And you're listening to him. His name is Bob Joseph. On your Wednesday morning. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. Save in a big way at Galt Chevrolet. Don't look at me. I, <laughs> I, uh, I just work here. <laughs> Although at this rate, if this keeps up, probably not much longer. Hey. 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 <laughs> we'll just say the microphone got stuck. I think it's frozen. Have to Janet, Janet. paw it out. are the instructions for how this works. I know you think I'm like the other people Who saw your name and number on the wall Daddy, I've got no number I need to make you mine Daddy, don't change your Oh, I mean, sorry, is this thing on? Hi, Dave from Vestal. You're on the air. Yeah, good morning, but hey, the, Tommy Tuton, he, he had to be a one-hit wonder, right? No yeah, absolutely. Like absolutely. Yeah, okay. One time, okay. if you go on the Internet, you could find... Uh, one time they were actually on, you know how some of the TV stations have these feature shows? I don't know what they call them. They're kind of an hour. It's like we have an hour to kill, so we mm-hmm. will put anything on. It would, what somebody told me once with the feature shows on some of the TV stations, their only purpose is so they don't have to buy syndicated shows. So they could put in, 
you know, 35 minutes an hour of commercial inventory. And so they just put in anything else to fill in the gaps between the commercials. But on one of those shows, Tommy Two-Tone was performing his single hit. And, and if you can find it, it's like Good Day Peoria or some show like that. Right. And it was funny. I mean, and it was good. Don't get me wrong. If 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 we could get Tommy Two-Tone to perform that song uh, here in Binghamton, heck, if Tommy Two-Tone will come to the studio, we'll allow them to perform that song, the 10-minute the extended mix. <laughs> okay. Somehow I don't Tommy see it Two-Tone. happening, Tommy Two-Tone. No, no I don't. And by the I way, what, about... what kind of a name is Tommy Two-Tone anyway? Good question, Bob. Who knows how they come up with these names? There's a lot of good ones they out must there. Have run, they must have run it past a focus group. <laughs> well, <laughs> they could have. Uh, hey, you know, I, I was listening I was listening to the, to the whole show, and, uh, you know, maybe maybe the Bills have come up with a, a, a new trend. You know, in baseball, I know they have bat day, bobblehead day, ball day. They hand stuff out. They can have shovel day now. Or snowball day. Or snow, <laughs> yeah, shovel day. They hand out shovels as you come in, but you got to clean your own clean your own area. They should have done a promotion. What's that company? There's a company. They have a, a thing called the Frosties. I don't even know. I can't remember what company, but they sell the Frosties, and they should have had a promotion with that company that has the Frosties, and they could have done that at the game Monday afternoon. Uh, sponsored this NFL production is sponsored by the company that gives you the Frosties, and then they could get 50,000 fans who are freezing in the uh, the stadium there in western New York to hold up their Frosties. <laughs> yeah, not not bad, but hey, you, you know, I wanted to mention someone. What was oh earlier? You you, you and uh, you and Gary brought up baseball. They're talking Mets, Boston World Series, and stuff like that. And I have a tidbit for you. You may already know it, but but I doubt it. Back when nine eleven happened, and remember when uh, Bush threw out the first pitch at Yankee Stadium? Right after that, when that happened, it was a big deal. Um. Did you know that the Secret Service guys were dressed as umpires down on the field? Did you know that? No, but it doesn't surprise me. <laughs> sounds like I, sounds I, like something they would do. Probably one of them was Dan Bongino. <laughs> yeah, could have been, Bob. Could have been. Know that. By the way, how come he's no longer working for the Secret Service? That's what I want to know. Well, it's... Maybe it's a secret. I don't know. Well, you know, he, he always talks, oh, you know, he used to be on the, with the Secret Service, and by now he's been on for years. Maybe I missed the episode where he explained why he's no longer with the Secret Service. I think that would be a good story for this afternoon. Yeah, that could be, yeah. Would be a good story, Bob. Maybe, hey, before I go, Bob, I wanted to mention, before I forget, it's very important since we're keeping up with books now. Uh, my last... My last book uh, that I read, and that was about a week ago, uh, I finished it up, The, the Underboss, uh, Sammy Gravano, the story there. Um, you know, Bob, you know, I have always been, I'm old school, a rat is a rat. Rats, there's no place for rats. You get, You enter into certain things, it's a coin flip. Some get caught, some don't. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm old school. But when I read that book, Bob, I can see... 
Gotti treated him terrible. So I, I can see why he did it. But I just wanted to throw it in there. And that was by Peter Moss, I think. Two A's, remember that. Read that. Yeah, I was just looking it up. I, I, I see it now. I like the cover. Sammy oh, yeah. the Bull Gravano's story of life in the mafia. Oh, I can't say that. I can't say life on the air. Uh, because then the company that makes that sugary cereal that... Who was the kid in the, the commercial? Billy? Tommy? Ronnie, the, the kid that that doesn't like anything that was eating the life cereal. Mikey, give it, get the Mikey. He'll try oh, Mikey, that one. whatever happened what to Mikey? It? How come we never heard what happened to Mikey? Is he okay? <laughs> but didn't it, wasn't that for Maple though? No, it was for the life cereals. Oh, it was okay. All right. Yeah, All Mikey. Right. Mikey doesn't like anything. I'm I'm thinking. Well, if Mikey doesn't like anything, if I if I was his grandfather i would say you're not getting life cereal life cereal is too good for you if you don't if you truly don't like anything i'm going to whip you up some uh oatmeal and that's all you get no sugar no milk here's your oatmeal mikey i can picture him too i remember that commercial bob i can picture i, I do remember that and, and Wait, look, he, he probably for all i know he's he's since you know gone on to become governor of illinois or something or more likely no. governor of wyoming governor mikey he doesn't like no. anything it's like who, who, maybe he's in the secret service bob who knows a lot of secrets there and the thing about the secret service they don't they're not willing to answer a few questions i mean come on man we we pay them. They should be willing to. If I call the Secret Service, they should be an, willing to answer a few questions. Come on, man. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? The, well, can you imagine the the type of trouble I'd be in if I called up the Secret Service after the program today and said who I was, and you know, I've got a program here in Binghamton, and we'd like to have um, the guy who's the director of the Secret Service now. Do we even know? No. So, uh, well, let no. me look it up. So I got to prepare secret service. I probably have online who who runs it now. Would it be funny if it was someone who grew up here? Oh, Kimberly Cheedy, or Kimberly Cheadle is the director. So, <laughs> you imagine? Oh, yeah. I call up the you Secret know. Service. She assumed office in September 2022, and you know who she was appointed by. By Trump, right? <laughs> no. No? No. By our Who? president. By Biden? Yeah. So she's been uh, director of the Secret Service. Can you imagine at 12.15 this afternoon if I called up the Secret Service and said, Kimberly Cheadle, please. They put me right through to her office for some reason. Must be whoever's at the switchboard didn't get the memo. So they put me right through and she says, hi, this is Kimberly. And then for a moment, I'm speechless because I'm on the line with the director of the Secret Service. And then after five seconds, I say, hey, would you be willing to come on the program? We have a little dog and pony show in Binghamton, and we would like to ask you a few questions about the Secret Service. I mean, the program is on before a Dan Bongino. I'm sure you used to work with him. And she'd be like, and she'd call my bluff because I think immediately the director of the Secret Service would say, we don't do interviews. And how did you even get through to, to my office? Nobody gets through to my office. And uh, then I say, but I just thought, and then she would say in a very official tone, well, that's where you were wrong. You thought wrong. 
And ordinarily, ordinarily, I would put you on a list. However, because it's Wednesday and I'm in a good mood, I'll come on your program. What, uh, do you want me on just for an hour or do you want me to be on for the full three hours? Because by then she would have looked me up on the Internet. She would know the program's on from 9 to noon. And she'd be like, better yet, I'll take the Secret Service private jet. I'll fly up to BGM Airport. And if you would give me a ride from BGM Airport tomorrow morning at 8, I'll be the co-host of your program tomorrow from 9 to noon. Wouldn't that be? Wouldn't that be a shock? Are people like, the Secret Service, the director of the Secret Service has never been the co-host of a local radio program. I know one way you would have got through to her, Bob. <laughs> you would have got you would have got through to her if uh, if Biden was on the switchboard. <laughs> oh, stop! Okay, stop. That's not nice. That's okay. not nice. Anyway, getting back to my basic point, I still want Dan Bongino. Maybe not today because I'm going to be busy. I'm going to be busy for most of this afternoon, so I, I won't be able to listen to him. But Maybe Friday, if he would say at at two thirty on Friday, wrap up the week by explaining why he's no longer with the Secret Service. I mean, for all I know, he already has mentioned it. I just never have heard. He he probably just decided that yeah, being with the Secret Service is fun, but being a radio host is more fun. Well, you know, I, I have heard him say that he really wasn't enthralled. He wasn't very happy having to uh, uh, work. With Obama, well, so he I've was heard him say to get out. Uh, yeah. yeah, I've heard him say that, but some somehow, yeah. and this is just me speaking here on the radio. Somehow, I think there's more to it than that. Yeah, I think so too. Because here, here's the only reason why. You know, you don't go and apply for a job at the U.S. Secret Service. That's one of the most elite jobs in law enforcement in the world. You don't apply for the job. And then knowing full well that part of the job could entail protecting, I mean, the protective detail for the President of the United States is one of the highest honors and one of the, the most important positions with the Secret Service. So it seems to me that he knew going in that at some point, if he was going to rise to the top level of the organization, he ultimately might be on a protective detail working with the President with whom he disagreed. So I don't know. It, that that doesn't sound like the whole story. Is it possible, Bob, that he gave it up because he he did run for office? You know, he ran for Congress. Yeah, but why? Well, I don't know. I guess maybe he yeah. did. But here's my he question. Did. Here's my question, and I, I'm saying this with all due respect. If you're a member of the U.S. Secret Service, why would you run for Congress? I mean, you go from a job that's respected by all Americans to a job that's not respected by all Americans. I mean, I respect members of Congress, but I know some people who don't. So my thought is, why would you trade a, a job that virtually all Americans have a lot of respect for and get into the the swamp? So he, what he did, he went from being with the Secret Service, and he, he managed to dive directly into the swamp by getting into politics. I mean, not that there's anything wrong with that. Maybe he panicked, Bob, and figured Democrats were going to be in office until he retired, so it's time to leave. I don't know. I don't know. It's very. We'll just say it's very interesting. Thanks for the call. 
Yeah, I'd like to know more. <laughs> well, uh, call me Mr. Curious. I just have a few questions. 1135, our number is 607-772-1290. Bob Joseph, Binghamton Now on WNBF. WNBF Radio for America in 2024. So here we are on the radio in 2024, and look at MTV. Smoldering pile of cable and satellite rubble. <laughs> yeah, yeah, who, who lasted longer? WNBF or MTV? And before you call in and say, but Bob, the MTV is still there. Yeah, they certainly are still there. And who is actually watching the MTV now? Now, when MTV went on the air on August 1st, 1981, hard to believe it's been nearly 43 years, but uh, when they started, when they launched their music television cable channel, everybody was enraptured. And now look at it. Oh, I'm not happy. You know, I, I'm, I'm sad that their original idea just sort of imploded. But, but you're right. They're they're still there. And in a TV universe of seven trillion channels, I'm I'm sure somebody right now is watching. But you know what? It's probably automated, so even in the control room of MTV, nobody's actually watching. It's probably, they probably um, program it once or twice a month, or maybe once or twice a year, and set it and forget it. I don't think, well, I'm, I'm sure MTV is doing the best they can, but anyway, I digress. Uh, 19 before the hour, 1141 at WNBF. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? I'm Larry from Kirkwood. One second, Bob. Hey, Google. Sorry about that. Am I on the radio right now? Yeah. Who are you yelling at? <laughs> My Google. <laughs> oh, okay. I was afraid that you were, you know, mad at your dog, but you were just mad at Google. Okay, that's okay. Everyone, well, everyone's mad have, at Google. Yeah, I don't have a dog, but you know, wish it had. But so anyway, uh, Happy New Year, first of all. <laughs> yes, likewise. W what have you been doing with yourself? You haven't been calling in. Oh, nothing much. I mean, uh, you know, just 
haven't bad, felt uh, the need to call. I've been listening now and again, you know. But anyway, I was just wondering. Uh, now, I just turned it on for the first time today, so I have no idea what the situation is with Martin, that he got uh, his coat and his wallet stolen from him. Did they resolve that for him? Well, the good news is a Binghamton Now listener generously donated a new uh, coat for Martin, and I think it was quite similar to the one that was stolen. So that is nice. And we had an outpouring of of uh, calls and emails from people who wanted to help, and I thank everybody who made offers to help. But So he, I don't know if he actually has the new coat now or is getting it, but a listener has stepped in to see to it that he will have a nice coat. Of course, as as you heard, um, the coat that was stolen had a, had a real uh, sentimental attachment to it, so it doesn't doesn't re- the new coat won't replace the one that was stolen. As far as uh, the police, I, I've heard nothing. I don't think anybody has been charged. Yeah, I just, I, I just, they're just so disgusting to me that people are so, feel so desperate or such. Well, it, who knows what, who, well, that to an old guy, you know? Yeah, it's terrible. And we don't know all the circumstances. I wish, sort of, I wish, sort of that I could meet the people who were responsible for that so I could ask them a few questions on the air to try to understand what exactly they were thinking and what would prompt them to do such a thing to such a, you know, to a person who's as nice as Martin. Yeah, it's a mean thing. It was very mean. And I, I would like to think, and maybe this is maybe this is me living... In fantasy land, I would like to think if the people involved in that ever had a chance to hear what what Martin told us on on the radio, that they would um, think twice about doing anything like that in the future. That again, it doesn't absolve them of the wrongdoing and the criminality, but if they heard the kind of impact that it had on him, that maybe they'd realize that there are are other things you can do besides stealing from people. Yeah. I tell you, uh, it brings up to me a fact. I mean, you have callers that I have issues with. I certainly have issues with you about things. But I tell you what, if I was to hear that any of the callers that we're well acquainted with were stolen from, like mine was, I'd be upset. I don't care who it is. I mean, you know, we're family here. Almost, well, same you know? here. Well, we yeah. are. I mean, it's not it's not like we're, you know, living under the same roof, but we have a lot in common. And that extends even to the people who just listen to the program. That, that means it's a really, really big family. And as right. I've pointed out before, not even 1% of those who listen to the program ever have a chance to call or email. But they're out there, and we're... We, that's the one thing we share. We may not yeah. agree. You and some listeners may disagree with me frequently, mm-hmm. and and sometimes I may disagree with some callers. But I'm telling you, you're part of you're part of my family. 
And yeah. if if something bad happens, yeah. whether it's something yeah, like what happened to Martin or when people have health issues or other yeah. challenges, trust me, yeah. it it has an effect on, on me. And yeah. I, I always wish for the best for people. Uh, when they're going through adversity, whether it's what happened to Martin or or anything else, I'm wishing the best for people. Right, for sure. Okay, Bob. Have All right. a good day, my friend. Thank you. Bye. It's 11.47. Yeah, we are family. 607-772-1290. And I don't say it enough, but I'll say it right now. Thank you for listening to Binghamton Now on WNBF. There were some bad boys at the Secret Service. Unbelievable. Jeff from Binghamton called my attention to a book which was released a few years ago. And it's written by a Washington Post reporter. Jeff from Binghamton recommends this book. It says U.S. Secret Service tarred by scandal after scandal. The book documents the dismal record of the so-called elite force. Hmm. All right. I think when that came out, uh, I believe it came out a few years ago, Zero Fail, The Rise and Fall of the Secret Service by Carol Lenig. Ooh, now in paperback. This is one of, oh, it's recommended by Rachel Maddow. This is one of those books that will go down as the seminal work, the determinative work in this field. Terrifying. That's a quote from... Um, Rachel Maddow, the first definitive account of the rise and fall of the Secret Service from the Kennedy assassination to the alarming mismanagement of the Obama and Trump years right up to the insurrection at the Capitol on January 6th by the Pulitzer Prize winner and uh, co-author of A Very Stable Genius and I Alone Can Fix It. Wait a second. So I have to read those two books as well. I admit. I never read I Alone Can Fix It, Donald J. Trump's Catastrophic Final Year by Carol Lenig and Philip Rucker. That should be on my reading list. And, of course, um, Very Stable Genius. <clears throat> I haven't read that. And then I have to read the, uh, the Rise and Fall of the Secret Service. Sounds like those are three books I need to read. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe, maybe Dan Bongino has some information about really what really went on before he became a WNBF talk show host. Matt from Binghamton, good morning. Hey, Bob, how you doing today? Good. That's good. Um, just on the, uh, well, a little aside, if you read another book you could read, is called Commander-in-Chief. Rick Riley, a famous uh, um, sports journalist, wrote that, um, studying the golfing career of uh, the former guy 
and basically the Secret Service and Mel used to help him cheat. Uh, he had a ball into the woods. They would kick it back out, things like that. Wait, you're telling but me anyway. you're telling me that the former guy cheated at golf? <laughs> Just read the book. I don't. I'm okay. Not going to that. Yeah, right. He, Thank you. He, uh, but anyway, uh, on the issue of public spaces and how we squander them in Binghamton, I agree. The corner of uh, uh, Court and State Street could be an amazing place. You could have a right against the wall there. You could have a a really permanent stage area built or um, and and have a place for farmer's market, concerts, all types of things. You wouldn't have to close down the, well, we could still close down the streets, but, uh, you know, now when they have stuff like that, they close down all of uh, of um, the alleyway there, sort of the one-way alleyway on the other side. Um, so I, I and, and the, the thing is definitely about, as you said, keeping people out of, maybe poor people, because if you remember when the the Metro Center where area where they, in the middle of the night, took down all the trees and we're going to put in parking there without even one of the first uh, first um, actions of the new, the new mayor uh, that caused a lot of problems um, and should have never even come close to happening. I'm not going to tell the whole story, but I, I consulted with the DOT and they said it's a stupid idea. And uh, you would have had to redo all the traffic lights, hundreds of thousands of dollars. You would have had to make uh, um, Washington Street a different, go in a different direction. All these things that you would have had to do. And you would have pr- produced 10 parking spaces and kept uh, the quotes riffraff out of that area during the day. Well, you're familiar with downtown Binghamton. So I'm looking at a story from June 2021. And... Uh, Mayor David at the time uh, talked about that he was transforming. He said the city is, quote, transforming a concrete jungle with new green space and amenities. And so it was going to cost $636,000. Did anybody take a look at how it worked out? I mean, it looks to me like it's about the same amount of concrete that existed before. I agree. I agree with and where is the where Where is the green space? And I went to one of the visioning sessions for it, and they were great. And then all of a sudden, and, and by the way, who made it? Before then, there was tree, trees and benches. There was still pretty much a concrete space. But all he did was pull out the, the those and put them back in a little new modern form. And so we have the same thing. It cost us a lot of money. Anybody who knew anything about that space was all the, the vaults under those buildings and stuff. And you would have created 10 new parking spaces for and it was done for certain business people downtown, which, uh, you know, I understand they want to have exclusive access and stuff like that. Yeah, but, no, I, you know, I, and I, I had talked with those business people. I understand where they were coming from, so I understood their point of view. But, but I'm just a guy who likes downtown Binghamton, so I thought instead of 10 or 11 parking spaces, they were going to put in, like, some grass there and and make yeah. it, like, grass and trees and, like, like sort of... Uh, you know, not not big, but sort of like uh, an island, an oasis in in the heart of downtown. And I'm not I'm not saying what's there now is bad. I'm just saying that I I was thinking that there'd be a lot more green. All right, I, I agree because I went to the visioning sessions and I thought at the end of the process they came up with some. I, I remember seeing some schematics of a 
space that was going to be pretty uh, cool and very friendly to the public and, you know, more, a lot more green and, and it never happened. I don't know why, but uh, so I just think that, you know, one of the things that cities try to do is create some pockets of, you know, green space, not just, uh, you know, concrete jungle. And, and it makes life better. And if you use it wise, those spaces wisely, you can do amazing things with them. And yes, Corner Court State is not that big. And the little park, uh, area near the Metro Center is not that big, but certainly the area near the Metro Center, you could you set it up right. You could have had, you could have movies in there during the summer. You could have all sorts of things you could do and, and, and or music, because music would be great because of the way it would be kind of its own theater. I, I just don't understand how uh, people love to come out to that kind of stuff. Wintertime, it's a, a little, you know, a little more of a challenge, but you can do things. And we just need more public spaces. That That's what makes cities livable. That's what makes cities attractive. And, you know, what are they going to do next? Try to... Uh, well, take out Kennedy Park. All right. Hey, I got to watch. I, I got to go. I got to watch The Price is Right. That's all the time we have. I'm going to watch the end of Price is Right. And I'll be back tomorrow morning right here on News Radio WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town square.